Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing the five different personas of clients in today's marketplace. Mike, today you and I are working from our northern office for the first time. Yep. Um, the view is spectacular. Weather is a little inclement, but the view is great. Um, so, Mike, today you and I are going to be discussing five different types of clients. And, and, you know, I came across this study. I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was relevant to the types of clients that we work with. And um, so let, let, let's review them. Maybe we'll start off with the study itself. And so this was a study conducted by a, a U.S. company called Northern Trust Asset Managers. And they looked at clients who had anywhere from $250,000 to $30 million in investable assets. And they con conducted in-depth interviews with those clients. And they also did an online survey. Interestingly enough, the study found that 63% of these investors based their initial investment decision with an advisor on an amount that felt comfortable for them as opposed to a specific strategy. So maybe they said, well, why don't you start with 300,000 or 500,000 as opposed to I'd like you to manage my entire portfolio. Have you had that situation before? We found that, yeah, many times. And remember, we had a study with with a coach, uh, Dan Solon, uh, who is a great coach and taught us a lot about how the mind works. And people don't always make financial and investment decisions based on thinking things out through the numbers. It's more of a gut feeling. People tend to really react on their guts because when when people are making emotional decisions, they have trouble dealing with numbers at that time. So they'll have something that feels comfortable to them and they'll just do that. So it is quite normal. And I guess the hope is always that eventually they feel more comfortable with time and the gut tells them to go and consolidate and use one person to run everything. I would agree. I would agree. I, I think it's a, it's a trickier way to start a relationship because you always feel like you're being compared to something else. Yeah. And when you're putting a long-term strategy in place, yeah, sometimes the performance is great to begin with and there's no concerns. Other times you hit a bad market. And, and start date bias has a lot to do with it. So I, I always struggle with those types of starts. The other thing that was common among all investors was that they need to feel safe and comfortable in terms of making those decisions with the advisors. And so that's the most important thing. Just because the advisor had a good strategy didn't mean that the client was going to give them all their money day one. So let's get to some of the results. So there were five different types of clients. So the first group, why don't we talk about that, Mike? You tell me what, what they're about. And they make up, I think, 40%. 40%, they're called the verifiers. And this is someone who generally trusts the industry as likely they have some investment expertise. So these are the people who have invested, their, their veterans in, in investing. Uh, they understand how the markets work. They have a good idea and they can really, once they find out someone uh, they should trust, they usually put their trust in them. Verifiers are open to consolidating their assets with an advisor. Once they have a trust with him over time, 
and can he can demonstrate some expertise and personal connection with them. So they go and basically, this is probably our favorite type of client that uh, we've had. And I would say probably about 90% of our clients uh, would fall into this category after time with being us. And it makes for a better relationship and it makes for more successful clients too. I guess the thing that I find is, you know, you, you tailor the advice to the individual client as you always do. And for the most part, this group take that advice and you implement the strategy, whatever it may be. And they don't go blind either. Again, it's verifier. They're not doing this as a blind, I'm just going to take all my money and give it to anyone who comes up in the street. They do their research and they understand what the concepts are and they need to really trust the person too. Definitely. So the second category is called the simplifier. And this, again, pretty big part of the marketplace, 28% of the marketplace. These individuals prefer having a single advisor to uh, control their finances. They tend to think of their investment portfolio as a lump sum, even though it may be an RSP, an open account, or a TFSA. They, they, they look at it as one lump sum. And so, you know, maybe they have a million or $2 million worth of investment assets. They view that they don't break it into compartments. They tend to have less investment knowledge and they typically defer to the advisor's judgment. So they're very trusting, but they don't necessarily need all the details. They won't challenge you on a lot of things, but they take your advice. They've come to a professional and the advice gets implemented. Very easy clients to work with. Certainly, you don't need to explain nearly as much, although we always do, um, but, but very friendly clients to work with. So I guess there's almost a crossover between the two, but the verifier does more research, essentially. Uh, they want to make sure they understand everything fully. The simplifier just wants more of a big picture on what's going on rather than to understand every little piece of it. Definitely. And I think the difference would be if you were looking with a simplifier, you might be able to explain asset allocation to them in 10 minutes, whereas the verifier might want to talk about asset allocation for half an hour, 45 minutes. I'll correct myself. I think less, more of our clients are simplifiers than verifiers. So we're, we're probably about 50, 60% simplifiers rather than verifiers, but uh, they, they each work very well. So then we go to the next group. So these are called the collectors. So what do they collect, Mike? Well, they collect advisors. <laughs> We've had a few of those. Yeah. So they tend to work with two, maybe three advisors. Yeah. They make up about 22% of the, the group of, of clients, potential clients that you have. They believe that by spreading their assets across multiple advisors, it helps to mitigate investment risk and gather different perspectives. What's your experience with that? I always try to describe it to people as if you if you went to go out to dinner and you wanted a balanced diet, we always talk about balanced diet, and you decided uh, you're going to diversify your eating. So you go to the keg one night and you have the steak, and you go to Kelsey's one night and you have a steak, and you go to the Octagon another night and have a steak. You really don't have a balanced diet, do you? No. <laughs> You've ate at three different places, but you're still going to have, uh, your heart's going to be pounded at the end of it from all the fat you're eating. So that's what tends to happen with these people as they collect advisors. Everyone has uh, these strategies they're putting in place. No one's communicating with each other. And the biggest penalty you pay is taxes. You know, when we run a portfolio, uh, we can run it in a very tax effective manner. 
when you start to spread your portfolio amongst three or four people together, and each of them doesn't know, it's, it's no one's fault. They can all be good advisors. But if you only have control of one piece of it, it's very difficult to manage the tax situations. I mentioned earlier that you sometimes feel like you're in a, a competitive race, and that's what it feels like when there's multiple advisors. And you know there's going to be periods of time where that other advisor's strategy is outperforming yours. And so sometimes it can take, you know, even up to 10 years to figure out which is a better strategy. In the meantime, the client has typically been under-diversified or over-diversified in some categories. They've paid more in fees. They've had to do three times as many meetings to get very similar results. It's tricky because competition is a good thing. We always know we love competition. But sometimes the competition causes bad results in invested because there's a lot of patience involved in getting the results you want. We saw large examples of this in the last year and a half with a lot of Canadian equity managers. The Canadian equity managers were trying to compete with the U.S. equity managers in many cases. And they went from having all Canadian equities to trying to get U.S. equities in them. Some, in some cases, up to 50% U.S. equities in their portfolios because they want to get all those high-tech returns that go on in the U.S., and all of a sudden, the last year and a half, what we saw is the U.S. fell apart, oil and gas did very well, and these managers were all left out to dry. And it was more about them not doing their job of providing Canadian equity allocation. They were going and trying to beat the markets. What I think is interesting about the collectors, they talk about what their pain point is. Their pain point is the complexity across all their different accounts, how complex their life is. And yet they're the ones that have asked for that and created it. Next group, the protector, not a big part of the marketplace, only about 10%. Um, Mike, what, what do we know about protectors? They generally have substantial assets, but are reluctant to, to see it in control to an advisor and prefer more of it, the do-it-yourself type of approach. So they really don't trust anyone. They want to hold everything in as conservative as they can, and they want to make sure they're in control of everything. I also find they tend to be a little risk adverse. They tend to be a little more conservative. Everything scares them a little bit. They will sometimes dictate how, how the account should be invested. So we've had some as clients over the years, and I find it's, it, it's not an enjoyable relationship because you're only getting to select three quarters of the investments. The last group, uh, smaller group still, they're called the competitor. About 7% of the marketplace, they're highly outcome-orientated and prefer to have multiple advisors in order to compare the performance. So essentially, they want multiple advisors, they want to see who's winning the race, and they'll give the money to the person who's winning the race. What's wrong with that? Well, it's just, we like this idea of buy low and sell high. If you're always giving the money to the person that's ahead, you know, if we go back a year and a half or two years ago, anyone who had a growth strategy would have been ahead. And you get the money in the middle of a growth marketplace. Next thing comes a value marketplace. So you're always buying high. And it's, it's just a bad strategy. We've known that over time. What's interesting to me is you get to know a lot of advisors in the industry, especially after the number of years you and I have been in it. And what we've found is that the key to success is sticking with the strategy. If you keep changing strategies, that's when you get underperformance. We happen to have a factor-based strategy that's worked very well, but I know advisors who've used just a straight value strategy or some that are more market indexers. And they, as long as they stick with that strategy, they tend to do really well. Consistency is the key to success. I mean, any advisor, you know, who's been in this business for 20 or 30 years, they have some, they have some consistency in their way of doing things. 
when we, we see an advisor's portfolio, we can tell a poor advisor from a good advisor. Generally speaking, poor advisors will have 20 different strategies for all the different clients. They don't have any consistent strategy. Every time they meet someone, they put into a new strategy. As soon as you see that in a practice, you know the advisor can never be successful. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.